Welcome to episode 69 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular site dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and in this episode, I met with the fabulous Susie Kemp, Chief Executive of Swindon Council, a thoroughly interesting lady whose backstory of how she has reached the dizzy heights of Chief Executive will prove inspiring for anyone wondering how they too can scale the ladders at their organisation. So grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Oh, coffee before midday. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I start again? Yeah. <laughs> start again. <laughs> right. Tea or coffee? Tea before midday, coffee afterwards. No, I've done that wrong again, Michael. Sorry. Oh, God, I'm going to give you a complicated <laughs> answer because I do both. Right, we're going to do it. We're going to land it this time. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right, here we go. Tea or coffee? Tea, coffee, then tea. Tea, coffee, and tea. That's That's a strict yeah. regime you're going on there it is tea in the morning then coffee and then after midday tea okay good is that every day is that just how it goes yeah, every day that's how it goes city break or countryside retreat oh that's a good one i live in the countryside so probably city break oh, as a change got you fly by the seat of your pants or walk with pad and pen in hand oh goodness me fly by the seat of my pants <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a picture of you now. Uh, process over people or people over process? People every time. Yes, I'm glad you said that. I tee these I tee these things up, but hopefully they get the right answer and you certainly did there. Susie, thanks for joining me. You've been in local government for 24 to 25 years, something along those lines, isn't it? And you've been working as the chief executive at Swindon Council for the last four years and a bit. That's it. How, just generally then, how are things changed in the time that you've been chief executive at Swindon so how things when you started to when they are now in in terms of local government well what I would first say Michael an absolute pleasure to be talking to you um this afternoon so thank you for 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 asking me um I was a local member I was an elected councillor for 10 years okay um so um more of my career now as a as an officer but that's how I started out um as a councillor and how things have changed I think it has got tougher um in local government really because of the financial situation um and it is hard in local government at the moment because there is a huge amount of call on our services, quite a lot of demand, um, and an ever-shrinking pot of money uh, to deal with that demand. Now, I am a firm believer that in the public sector, so with all the different agencies, health, police, for example, and local government, there is enough money. Okay. I just think we have to do a an awful lot better at working together in partnership and making that huge pot of money go further for our residents that we all serve, we all collectively serve. So I'm quite energised by the agenda at the moment because I I love doing change. I love making things more active, more improved. I love working with people. I I love seeing people when something has come together and has got better outcomes as a consequence and also I love supporting people because that is quite a hard gig to do so that's uh, that's why I'm here and that's why I think it's an interesting and, and albeit challenging situation at the moment but um, very much driven by the finances. I'm going to ask you how you got to where you are today but, but something I want to pick on there first is you're, you're clearly Susie very energized and very energetic and and it's, it's I love speaking with you uh, how do you how do you cascade that energy that you have now down through the people who are delivering the services that you mentioned there 
carefully. I am hugely aware that I have got energy. I'm blessed with that. I am blessed with that. Um, but I do know that can be daunting for some people. So, you know, with, with some folk, it's calmness, it's listening. One of the okay. best bits of advice I was ever given was when I ran my business at the tender age of 25 and somebody said to me, Susie, you have one mouth and you have two ears and use them in that proportion. <laughs> I love it. Very good. And that was a really sound piece of advice for me. Um, and um, my job, I think, as chief executive here is to make sure that people have got hope, that they've got support, that they've got guidance in the sense that we all need guidance. I need guidance. And I take that from my colleagues here. But I'm, I feel really very strongly that everybody as is important as each other. And one of the things I, I find very difficult is, is a hierarchy. There has okay. to be a hierarchy. There has to be a, a there has to be a structure. And inevitably there are folk like me who have a huge amount of responsibility compared to other folk. That's just the way of the world. Yeah. But that makes me no less or more important than anybody else and it makes them no less or more important than anyone else and I think we forget that sometimes and I think we do so at our peril so um, one of the things I love doing is chatting to to staff and what I love doing is walking around the campus here and particularly now because they are beginning to come back into the office which I'm particularly pleased with because I'm a people person I need people around me so being sat in here all by myself during the summer has been quite hard work but you know, just walking around the estate, talking to people, finding out how they are, how they're finding the, the new way of working, because that's all changed. And I met a fabulous lady yesterday who's worked for us for two years. I've never met her face to face. And she um, is in our business improvement team. So she okay. does all the process re-engineering. And um, she was on a complete high yesterday. She'd met colleagues that she'd worked brilliantly with on teams over the last two years. And she was meeting them for the first time in the flesh. So It's almost like um, starting a new job, isn't it? Even it though is. you've, you've, you've spoken to them for ages, until you physically yeah. meet someone, it is like starting again. It's it like, is. oh. It is. is. And then occasionally I have to give direction and leadership that is directional leadership, because, again, that's that's the way of uh, the way of the world with chief executives. That's what you need to be doing. And first things first to say there, how better a way to to get information about what's happening on the front line in terms of service delivery and the people that you're, you know, that that sit underneath you without getting to see them, speaking to them face to face. That's where you're going to get the knowledge of what else you need to do in terms of your role to support them and those sorts of things. Can I ask then, how did you end up as chief executive of Swindon Council? There are times when I wonder that myself. (laughs) Um, I I started off, I had, I had an interesting teenage life. It wasn't brilliant, but um, the one thing I was, I've always been very driven. Okay. And um, I did a couple of A-levels that were, which were okay, but I wanted to go to London. And I reckoned that the way to get to London was to do a secretarial course. So I trotted off to the local college and did my private um, secretarial certificate, London Chamber of Commerce. Um, I did indeed then go and get my job in London, um, working at, you know, as a junior, junior secretary um, in a big finance house. Then I went to work in Reading, very dynamic property developer. And uh, just as I started working for him, he launched a campaign to save Reading Football Club from the clutches of Robert Maxwell, who owned Oxford. And that is a whole other story for another day. But um, by the age of 25, I um, had been inspired by uh, Roger, Roger Smee, his name is. And um, I set up my own business, Kemp Recruitment. Did that for 
what, seven glorious years, um, sold the business. And uh, by then I had two little people. And I did a couple of years uh, with Great Western Trains here in Swindon, funnily enough, because my little people were at a nursery and I didn't want to be a stay at home mum. Yeah. And then when they got to school, I did need to be at home because actually in those days you couldn't get the after school care you get now. And somebody banged on my door and said, do you fancy standing for local government? And I thought, yeah, right. Um, and I'd already had a hankering to um, actually, if you'd asked, if you'd met me when I was 20, I'd have told you I was going to be the next female prime minister. And somebody <laughs> I got to know quite well was Theresa May, and she did become the next pri uh, female prime minister. So well done, Theresa. But um, I found the world of local government and I was blessed because I was right place, right time with a bit of brawn about me. And I, I did a whole load of fabulous things again for another conversation. Did that for 10 years. And then I decided in 2006 I wanted to be officer because I really, I really thought that's where I could add the value. And I became Officer Kemp, as my old councillor friends call me, um, in uh, March 2006. And the rest is history. I did four years in Hillingdon, four year, uh, six years, nearly six years in Surrey. And then I've done just over five and a half years here in Swindon, four of which I've been chief. Just first say, the right place, right time. I don't know how many times I've heard that come up in, in people where people have gone into sort of the roles that they end up loving and, and growing into. That is that is always there. And do you think you made the right the I right do. call? I mean, it, it's really interesting because I think you make your own luck in this world. And I think yeah. occasionally luck finds you. And what you have to do is when luck finds you, you have to grasp it with both hands. But if you're not good at what you do or you're not interested mm. in what you do, that luck will soon dry out. And I'm very clear about that. Would I have made those choices again? I don't know. I mean, my daughter's just she's 32 now. She's in Los Angeles working and you're thinking, gosh, you know, had I had my time again, would I have looked to have gone and worked in a, an amazing job in Los Angeles, for example? Yeah. I, I don't know. You can't turn the clock back. But what I do know is I can die happy because I know I have affected an awful lot of good in an awful lot of things that I've done. And that's OK by me. Fantastic. So I'm going to I think I know what the answer is going to be based on what you just said there. But for anybody else who's aspiring to become a leader, um, it doesn't have to be in local government, could be in any organisation, but somebody who's, who's got in mind and then the drive to push themselves further. What sort of advice would you give to those individuals? Be really clear why you want to do it. I guess an awful lot of people who say to me, I want to be chief executive. And I say, why do you want to be a chief executive? And they can't answer me. OK. And I think be really clear. Is it the status? Is it the swanky office that I'm lucky enough to have here? <laughs> is it because you think you can sit and tell people what to do? Or is it because you can inspire, support, guide and all the rest of it? And Sometimes when they've gone away and reflected, actually, that's not what they want to do. They want to do something else, which is right. just as important. But that's what I would say. And understand the difference between leadership and management, because they are two completely compatible skill sets, but completely different. Do you think in the last four years then, it's four years is quite a period of time, particularly what we've just gone through. Do you think your management style in particular, your leadership style has changed at all? Do you do you operate to some sort of modus operandi? If you, if, oh, if, goodness, if, yes. I mean, I, I am a lot, um, a lot more chilled than I was 20 years ago. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think I think age and I'm going to say out loud, I'm 62 now. So, I mean, age is age is something that you, you know, don't is look great. It. 
Thank you. Um, I'll take that. Um, age <laughs> is something, you know, it comes experience. So, you, you know, yeah. you learn what works and what doesn't. And I'm very, I don't always enjoy feedback, but I'm very happy to take feedback. And I learn. think you have to be in our dizzy heights. You have to be able to take it because very often if people are giving you feedback, you need to hear it. And great leaders um, sometimes hear it and sometimes don't. And I think you're, I think you're a happier leader if you've listened to feedback and you can nuance yourself and never you'll never change fundamentally yourself but you can certainly morph into something that's perhaps more acceptable to others i hope you too took as much from this episode as i did susie offered a lots of great advice but there's a couple of bits that stuck with me the first is to listen or as susie advised you have one mouth and two ears so use them in that proportion listen to your team and listen to your customers and absorb and act on the feedback This is easier when face-to-face with people, so be visible. The second is to really understand what it is you want to do, what changes that you want to affect. Don't desire to reach the dizzy heights of a role just because you feel it's the right thing to do. Ask yourself whether there's something else you want to do and can do that's just as important, but better for you and better for your organisation. Thanks for listening, and until next time, take care of yourselves.